Well, again, I'll say good morning. I'm so glad that you're here today. We are finishing up our series in Joshua. Next week is July 4th. I understand that that is a big holiday for lots of us. I hope you'll be here. Clay Miller is going to bring the word for us. It's going to be fantastic, and Nathan will lead worship again. So please be here for that. But we are in the final week of our Joshua series. Now, uh, I'm big into sports. I know that's not a shocker to anybody, and they always teach you that in sports, it's important to have a very short memory, right? A short memory is a very good thing. In order to have success, one mustn't dwell on the past at all, whether that be the last play or the last week or even the last season. That has very little to do with the success of the next play, of the next opportunity that you have. So good, bad, or ugly, you must forget about whatever just happened and move forward. But in faith, but in faith, having a short memory oftentimes works at our disadvantage. We cannot forget all that God has done for us because as we are told in Hebrews 13:8 about Jesus, which we can also apply to God, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So today we discuss the fidelity of our faith. It's a really good word, fidelity. Some people will say fidelity, but I'm from Missouri, so it's fidelity, right? Very powerful, very strong word. Here's what it means. The definition of fidelity means faithfulness to a person, cause, or belief demonstrated by continuing loyalty and support. So hold on to that meaning because you will hear that word a lot today. We are jumping way ahead in Joshua. We're going to be in Joshua 23. It's one of the last chapters, if not the last chapter of the book. I don't honestly remember, but What's happening here is that Joshua is, frankly, very old. He's about to die. He recognizes that his time is coming to a close. And so he gathers the nation of Israel to him. And this is what he says. We're going to look at verses 1 through 5 to begin. After a long time had passed, and the Lord had given Israel rest from all of their enemies around them, Joshua, by then a very old man, had summoned all Israel, their elders, leaders, judges, and officials, and said to them, I am very old. You yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. Remember how I have allotted as an inheritance for your tribes all the land of the nations that remain. Nations, the nations I conquered between Jordan and the Mediterranean Sea in the west. The Lord your God himself will push them out for your sake. He will drive them out before you, and he will take possession of their land as the Lord your God promised you. So when Joshua is addressing the nation of Israel, it's happening 14 years after the conquest of Canaan. And so for the Israelites, this is an extended period for them of peace. They don't often go 14 years without conflict, even to this day. And so they're experiencing this period of peace, but... They still had work to do to realize God's promise for them, to, to obtain everything that God had wanted them to do. There was still more work to be done. And so they are in this peaceful period, but there are more battles to come. And Joshua wants to remind them that, yes, right now you are experiencing peace. Yes, right now everything is going well, but you will face battles here in the near future. And you need to remember who it is that has won those battles for you. It is God. It is God. And this is Joshua's farewell address, really. He wanted the nation of Israel to remember who God was and what God had done, because for so many times, so many occasions, and we'll see it if you look back through their history, they get to a period like this, a period of peace, and they forget, 
or there's some turmoil happening and they forget. God, why did you lead us here? Why did you lead us here just so that we could die? Forgetting that God had won every battle previously for them. And so Joshua shows us a very important piece of fidelity in our faith, of staying true and loyal in our faith, and that is humility. Humility. Humility is important in fidelity. Now, Joshua could have taken absolute credit for what had taken place. He does say the statement, the lands that I have conquered, right? And so you can look at that and twist it and say he is taking credit, but Joshua makes it very clear in this passage, it's not about what I did, it's about what God did, right? God has won these battles for us. And if we are to remain faithful in our faith, if we are to have fidelity in our faith, we must remain humble. We must remain humble. We have to see the things that have happened in our life, the battles that have been conquered, the sins that have been overcome as victories of God, not victories of fill in your name. Because at the end of the day, you did not do it. God did it through you. Joshua could have taken credit. He could have led the people to believe that they were responsible for the victories. But one thing had to remain clear. It was very, very important for him that God had fought and won those battles. And so when we are on the mountain, we can't forget who helped us when we were in the valley. When we are on top of the mountain, we can't forget who helped us out when we are in the valley. We can't twist the narrative. You see, life, and you know this, I'm not teaching you anything new by saying this, but life looks a lot like this, right? Goes up and down and up and down. Sometimes we're on the mountain. Sometimes we're on our way down into the valley. Sometimes we find ourselves in the very pit of the valley, and we just think there's no way ever that we're going to get out of it. Life is cyclical. It goes like that. We get this up and down motion. But it, whether or not we find success in our faith, and when I talk about success in our faith, I'm not saying that we find a way that we're always flying high, right? That we like somehow get to the tip of the mountain and then our bar graph or our line graph just goes straight. We're just always there. That's not success in our faith. Success in our faith is persevering to the end. Success in our faith is hearing, well done, good and faithful servant. Because remember David, right? King David, he is the man after God's own heart. How many times did he fall? How many times did he fail? And yet he still had that distinction placed upon him. So perfection in faith isn't always being at 100%. But it's finding a way to hold on and stay true and fight through the different battles and the trials that we have to face. And so when we are on the mountain, we can't forget who helped us out of the valley. And when we're in the valley, we can't forget who helped us get back up on the mountain. So we can't twist that narrative because what the narrative should be is that what good there is within me is there because of the God that is within me. And I don't know if you can claim that, but I promise you I can claim that. If there is any good within me, it's because of the God that is within me. Because naturally, I'm a sinner. I, I actually enjoy sin. Oftentimes, I find sin to be fun. Sin gets me in trouble, but it also keeps things spicy. And if we're honest with ourselves, we all kind of like sin too. It's just fun. 
but it also leads to our destruction and our devastation. And so I tell you today with 100% confidence that not only is this my narrative, but that it should be yours as well. What good there is within you is there because of the God that is within you. The victories that I've experienced in my life are victories that he has won. Keeping fidelity in our faith requires us to keep fidelity of our mindset. And our mindset must be exactly that, that God is the victor. Just as the Israelites were told in Deuteronomy, if we look in 24, and this is something that could be said to them over and over, and frankly was, but this is what he says. It says, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. To give you victory. I mean, this is how I fight my battles, right, Rodney? This is how I fight my battles. And then Joshua continues in Joshua 23, verses 6 through 8. Be very strong. Be very strong. Do your calisthenics. I'm just kidding. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. Do not associate with the nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them, but you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. So Joshua continues to remind, he continues to teach. Being faithful isn't just about our mindset, but the actions that accompany our thoughts. It's all about what we do, right? You can speak all day long. You can say that you believe something, but if your actions show something different, then people are not going to believe you. And so we must not only talk the talk, but walk the walk. We have to back everything up. So Joshua is sitting here saying, hey, first things first, stay true to the scriptures. Stay true to the scriptures. And that's advice that we can all take too. We have scriptures. We have been blessed with scriptures. It's God's revelation of himself to us. And building a foundation inside of those scriptures is going to keep us strong. It will help us to prevent us from turning to the right or to the left. Because if we want fidelity in our faith, loyalty and perseverance and a true pursuit of God, then we have to firmly be grounded in the scriptures and know who he is and know exactly who he is. And we can know that by being in his word. Having fidelity in faith also requires us to avoid temptation. It requires us to not look to other sources of victory and to hold tight to what brought us success, or at the very least, what brought us to survival. What brought us to survival. See, when it comes to the different trials and the different tribulations that we face in life, it always goes back to how did we conquer those things? How did we overcome those things? And as Christians, I think we really have two options. We can say God did this, or we can say I did this. Now, are there other options? Certainly, because Joshua points them out. Don't worship other gods. We can look to other sources and say, well, that's why I overcame it. This person said this thing, or they sprinkled me with the dust and 
the essential oils and all the stuff, and I'm not crashing down on essential oils. I want to be very clear. I have to be clear. I've used them. A splash of peppermint sometimes makes back pain go away. Tried it all. Try it again. All right? But who brings that victory? God. He may bring about victory in a number of ways. He may use a number of things and a number of people, but it's God who brings us that victory. And so again, Joshua's charge is to be very strong. We talked about how it takes strength and courage to remain faithful. And so we must have that strength. Continues in verse 9. The Lord has driven out before you great and powerful nations. To this day, no one has been able to withstand you. One of you routes a thousand because the Lord your God fights for you, just as he promised. So be very careful to love the Lord your God. What is Joshua telling the people right here? Do not underestimate what God is capable of doing through you as long as you remain faithful to him. As long as you remain faithful to him, do not underestimate what God can do through you. One of you routes a thousand. I feel like running through a wall right now. Not kidding, I want a tattoo. I don't know where I put it. Maybe across the top of my back, but I don't know. That's a different subject for a different day. One of you routes a thousand. Oh, chills. Should have been thrown into the speech in Independence Day. One of you routes a thousand. What does it really say? Nothing is impossible for you when you are in God. Nothing is impossible for the God that you serve. You will have to fight future battles. You will experience loss and heartache and pain. You will find yourselves at time wondering why. Why am I in this specific place that I'm in? How did I get here? But never lose hope that God is fighting for you. And through him, one of you routes a thousand. Every battle is winnable. Every battle is winnable. Victory may not always look like what we think it should look like, but every battle is winnable. We have to never forget that it's God who fights our battles. Ever. Ever. You know, in life, I have found that when I've had my greatest struggles, when I've been failing to sin, or just not had the greatest mindset about how things were going, it's because I forgot this. It's because I forgot about all the previous victories. It's because I had a short memory. And I forgot about all the good that had been done, but I was just so heavily focused on all the bad that I was experiencing. And I would push God away in those instances like it wasn't him who was fighting for me. Like it wasn't him that was trying to return me to the top of the mountain. 
I lost track of that. I lost track of myself. Because, guys, as Christians, who we are in Christ defines us. We are so intertwined with God that we can't even begin to express our being without him. It's that strong of a connection. It's that important. Like food and shelter and clothing, we need God. He is essential. God is fighting for you, and that is a promise that is kept. We don't want to lose that by turning our backs on our faith when things get tough. In Matthew 17, 20, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and this is quickly after they couldn't perform a miracle. They had seen him do it so many times, and they wanted to, to do it as well. And so they say to him, they, they ask him, they say, God, why couldn't we do it? Jesus, why couldn't we do it? We've seen you do it. We did it like you do it. We couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. It says, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. I encourage you to Google a mustard seed. If you've never seen a mustard seed. And look at how minuscule it is. How tiny it is. And here Christ is telling his believers, his followers, that if you just have that, if you just have that little of faith, you can tell the mountain to move and it will move. So again, fidelity of faith isn't always 100%. It's not faith as big as the mustard tree. It's faith as big as the mustard seed. Hold on. Hold on. Joshua continues to speak to them, 23.12. But if you turn away and ally yourselves with the survivors of these nations that remain among you, and if you intermarry with them and associate with them, then you may be sure that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you. Instead, they will become snares and traps for you, whips on your backs and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. See, Joshua is telling the nation of Israel right here, right now, that your past failures do not have to be your future ones. Your past failures do not have to be your future ones because what Joshua is warning them against is the very thing that they've done time and time again. See, God is very clear to the nation of Israel. You go and you conquer this land and you take away everything that could possibly separate you from me because you are sinful beings and if you experience the slightest of temptations, I know that you'll fall away. And God not being able to be around that type of sin will have to sever his relationship with you. And so don't fall into the same traps that you fell into before. And just because you failed this way before doesn't mean that you have to fail this way again. And I say that to you today. 
Your past failures do not have to be your future ones. You know, the thing about sin struggles, and the reason I call it sin struggles is because the majority of us don't struggle with all the sin, right? It's not all the sin that we, we find really tem- tempting. It's usually a few of them. It's a couple things that I just really struggle with. Maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's pornography, maybe it's lying. And you continue in your life to fail in those areas. And I'm a living, breathing example to say that you don't always have to fail in the way that you failed previously. And just because you've made a mistake in the past, it does not wipe out your future. See, because God is a forgiving God, and there is forgiveness for the sin that you have struggled with. And even though we don't feel like it because we don't, right? The way we look at our sin, we've got this board and it's got all the tally marks on it. With every time that we've screwed up, here's how many times I've done this sin. So in our mind, this is the 2,333,000, 1,000-point lost numbers. It's a lot. Here are all the times that I've sinned. You see, but each time that we have gone to God with a contrite heart and sought forgiveness, God has taken an eraser and he swiped his hand across our board. And so to you, it feels overwhelming. And to you, it feels like, here I go again. But to God, it's, let's just focus on this one time. Let's move past it and let's not go back there. What did Jesus say time and time again? Go and sin no more. Not, here's what you got to do to worry about your past. It was go and sin no more. From this point forward, let go of it. Let go of it. And so, fidelity of faith, continued loyalty and faith requires us to make tough choices, to say no to the things that we maybe would normally say yes to, to abandon pursuits that would ultimately bring us harm. And that means that we have to work in fidelity to overcome those failures and addictions to sin. We have to really try. We have to really want it. Finishing out the chapter, verse 14, it says, Now I'm about to go the way of all the earth. I'm about to die, is what he's saying. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled Not one has failed. But just as all the good things the Lord your God has promised you have come to you, so he will bring on you all the evil things he has threatened until the Lord your God has destroyed you from this good land he has given you. If you violate the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and go and serve other gods and bow down to them, the Lord's anger will burn against you and you will quickly perish from the good land that he has given you. Here's the thing. In order for there to be good in the world, there has to be evil. Frankly, one does not exist without the other. Because if we had not experienced evil, then we would not know what is good. And if we have not experienced good, then there is no way for us to determine what is evil. There are good things remaining in store for all of us 
who remain faithful to our God, who have fidelity in our faith. The opposite is in store for those of us that don't. That's not all sunshine and rainbows, but it is truth. It is truth. But we need not worry about those things if we keep the faith and we put our trust in the Lord. That's what Joshua leaves you with, and that's what I leave you with today as well. Let's pray. Dear God, I come to you right now. I thank you for this day. I thank you for you being exactly who you are, a God who is upfront and honest with us, who wants to prosper us, who wants good things for us, who seeks relationship with us. And God, we will get to experience all these things because you fight our battles for us and you win those battles for us. But the battles still have to take place. The battles still occur. And in those times, God, where we are experiencing darkness, where we are experiencing pain and heartache, and when we feel abandoned, let us not have a short memory. Help us to remember and remind us of the victories that have already been won. Because if we keep the faith, if we remain true and we remain loyal to you, then whether or not we win is all a formality. Because we will win. Because you fight for us. You just ask for our love and our faithfulness in return. So God, help us to be a people who see the importance of remaining true, of fighting for the good things that we have in life by fighting for our faith, by taking the necessary steps that are needed to help us remain on the right path. Because you are the same yesterday as you are today, as you will be tomorrow. We ask all these things in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Stand with us and worship now. I'll be down front. If you need to come pray with me about anything, please do so. If you need to talk about having a relationship with God, I'm here to have that discussion with you. Otherwise, stand with us now and let's just pour out an offering to God.